Welcome to the Ike Badgers Podcast. My name is Alex Eichstead, and you are listening to Season 2 of Badgers and Friends from Ike Badgers. That's 12 weeks, 12 episodes, 12 players, 12 tremendous conversations. And we're getting right to it. Today we sit down with Mike Mascalunas, the linebacker who is coming back for his senior year and ready to make his name felt. So a part of a great defense. Welcome, Mike. Let's dive into it. Mike Mascalunas, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good, doing good. What's going on? We are really excited to have you on. We're just going to record another episode of the Badgers and Friends podcast series. And for those that don't know Mike, he's an impact linebacker at Wisconsin, rocking the cowboy collar and making impact plays for Jim Leonard's defense. We're going to cover all that and more. My name is KJ Eichstead. We're here with Mike Mascalunas, and you are listening to the Ike Badgers podcast. So, Mike, you're from Lincolnshire, Illinois, where you played your high school ball at Adlai Stevenson. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And it's one of those areas with decent proximity to Wisconsin and a lot of other Big Ten schools. And you actually had an amazing senior year where it culminated in winning a state championship. Uh, And then you ended up uh, attending Wisconsin. So could you take us back to those high school recruitment years um, you know, what was it like winning that state championship as a senior? Uh, were you ever considering playing anywhere else? And in your own words, what made you decide to commit to Wisconsin? Yeah, man, uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, everybody's got a little, little different story with um, how they went through the whole recruiting process. Uh, for me, it was a little bit challenging. Um Started off, uh, really I didn't play much linebacker till my uh, junior year. Um, and it was actually my junior year when we won that state championship. Oh, okay. Um, and that year I, I was I was kind of a fringe starter going into the season. Um, and was playing mostly special teams and um, rotating in at linebacker. And actually, uh, after an injury at offensive guard. Um, my coach asked me, you know, if I'd be willing to help the team out by playing offensive guard. So um, most of my junior year, I, I was actually starting at uh, left guard for our team. Um, and we, we do like a lot of pulling and um, stuff where I'd kind of get out and run and, and light dudes up. So uh, that was actually a lot of fun uh, playing with the big boys up front. I was, probably about six two, two hundred 200 pounds, but I, I was pretty nasty and I like to hit people. So, um, we had some fun in the trenches and yeah, went, went undefeated, uh, my junior year. Uh, I think we, our team ended up being ranked, um, top 20 in the country or something like that. So a lot of, a lot of really talented, good players on that team. And it was, it was sort of after that season, winning the state championship that, um, I knew in my heart that I really, really loved football and, and I wanted to play the game as long as I could. So uh, going into my senior year was kind of when I started to pursue um, getting recruited for colleges. Um, and it, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was, it was pretty tough. Um, wasn't getting much interest because, um, you know, I, I, had, I had a little bit of linebacker tape, but, most of my 
film was from offensive guard and obviously I'm not going to play guard in, in college, but um, definitely still um, love football and wanted to see it all the way through. So I started going to a lot of camps yeah. um, that summer going in my senior year. And, you know, I've always been a guy that's, it's gotten really good grades, uh, really worked hard in the classroom. So I had all, I had all really good test scores and GPA and all that. And, um, and I thought, I thought I was going to end up in the Ivy league, uh, was kind of my goal. Um, Interesting. went to, did a tour of, uh, all those Ivy league schools camped at each and every one of them basically. And, uh, um, I actually ended up, uh, getting an offer from Cornell was my first ever offer. Um, and, uh, they, they were, they were a great school and had some good coaches and were, were trying to, you know, had a younger head coach. We we're trying to build some things. So, um, I was really happy about that and, uh, kind of just kept doing a bunch of different camps, did the Northwestern showcase, um, camped at Illinois. And then, uh, and then I, I, I thought I was going to be done. Um, hmm. you know, I, I was, I was pretty happy with the Cornell offer. And, um, I was, I was ready to roll with that. And, and then my, my dad actually told me, he's like, he's like, Mike, why don't you just go try and, uh, do the camp at Wisconsin. And, and I was like, dad, there's no way like I can play with those guys. And I, I'm like, I'm not athletic enough. Like, I, I don't know if I can, I can hang with those guys that they get all the big time recruits. Um, they're like one of the best teams in all, the whole country. And I, I wasn't really believing in myself, hmm. but my dad actually like sat me down. He's like, listen, man, you're never going to know unless you give it a shot. So might as well go to the camp and try it out. And it basically like forced me to go to the camp. And I was like, fine, whatever. Just make my dad happy. I'll just go to this camp and whatever. What the hell? And I went to the camp and actually did pretty well. Um, I went through all the drills. Uh and I had a pretty good camp and I was actually got to talk to the coaches afterwards. And, um, they, uh, said I, I could walk on there if I wanted to. So that kind of shook things up a little bit for me. Um, so now I was either go to Cornell or walk on at Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, I was still kind of, um, not really believing if I can play at Wisconsin and, kind of not fully confident myself. So, um, I, I thought Cornell was a great opportunity. I was, I was committed to there for the, for the longest time. Um, their head coach came to my house and I told him I wanted to play for Cornell. Um, I thought it was, a, you know, a great chance to, um, play good football and get a, a, an awesome Ivy league degree. Um, and I, and I was, I was content with that decision for a while until, Literally the weekend before signing day, um, I get a call from the Wisconsin coach and they're like, listen, we're having this walk-on official visit and uh, we want you to just come check it out. And I was like, you know what, this is this seems pretty cool. Uh, I only get a chance to get recruited once. Um, so I just, went, I just went ahead and went on the visit and uh, – Instantly, I, I mean, I just fell in love with this place. Madison is is an awesome campus. I mean, the facilities they have here are tremendous. Um, all the coaches were 
were there. It was a really cool experience just seeing the camp rental and the weight room and, and all the history and tradition on the walls. And I'll, I'll never forget um, when they had all the walk-ons in the, in the team meeting room and um, <clears throat> they had all the current walk-ons on the team um, up, up in front of the team meeting room, just kind of telling their stories. And uh, there's one person in particular is uh, Jack Sitchie. Hmm. He's talking about his experience being a walk-on and he was telling his story about recruitment and he was talking about how, you know, he thought he was going to be an Ivy league football player. He didn't really have that much interest, but he ended up having a chance to walk on at Wisconsin. And for him, it was like, okay, I could either, you know, go to the Ivy league school where I know I can play and, and I'll, I'll be, I'll be good for them. Or I can really challenge myself and, and throw myself into the fire and, and come to Wisconsin and, and, and see how good I can be. And once That's I heard right. him say that, um, I kind of knew, like, I had to come to Wisconsin. I, I wanted to be in a place where um, there was no ceiling, where I, my potential was not capped and just really challenge myself to be the best football player, best student, best person I can be. And, uh, yeah, so right, right after that conversation um, with Sitchi telling his story, um, that really inspired me to actually um, flip my commitment over to Wisconsin. And I had to call my Cornell coaches. They weren't too happy yeah. hearing about that the weekend before signing day. But um, I'm really glad that I did it because uh, – um, Wisconsin's a really great place, and um, I think it was definitely, definitely the right call coming here as a walk-on and, and challenging myself. Well, that's crazy just to hear because it's almost like he was speaking right to you, right? Like just right. so. And, and, yeah, go ahead. He's he a guy that, that's. I mean, just seeing him, it was him and Dare, and um, a bunch of other for, former walk-ons. I think. Uh, Fumagalli was up there. Um, can't really remember who else, but yeah, Sitchi in particular, he like literally same position as me playing inside backer, same kind of person didn't really get recruited all that much. And here's him telling exactly his story. And I was coming off the season where they played USC in the, in the bowl game and he was mm-hmm. three sack Jack and, and just seeing this like person that was almost larger than life just from that the success he's had telling his story. I'm like, man, maybe I could be just like this guy someday. Man, I just got chills listening to that. Wow. Cause you know, we've talked to a few walk-ons and Wisconsin's always been great at developing guys. And, and it's just, so it's like, not like we really perceive the walk-ons any different, you know, um, cause right. everyone kind of gets a fair shot. But like, man, all three of those guys you just mentioned, they went to the league. So, right. and Ryan Connolly, another guy, forgot to say, another former walk-on, he's up there too. Yeah, it's almost like you're glimpsing into the future and tying it back to what you were saying about, you know, maybe you didn't have that self-belief at all times. But like, man, that sounds like a defining moment. Yeah, absolutely, and um, definitely a moment I'll never forget. Just sitting in that room, and then. 
um, at the end of the visit, uh, I remember I was just sitting there with my family and they were just talking about me, talking to me about, you know, what I thought about this place. And, um, I was like, man, this place is really cool. And, and, uh, I had a recruiting coach. His name is Andrew Marlott. Uh, I don't think he doesn't work here anymore, but, um, he came up to me and my parents and he's like, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, when you decide to decommit, uh, from Cornell and, and sign here, uh, well, the paper's <laughs> ready to go. So just go ahead and call them. And I was like, man, this dude read my mind. I like, I got to come here. My name is Paul Hansen, founder of Iron Jock Performance Gear out of Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Iron Jock is the most advanced workout gear and apparel in the world. Every item is scientifically designed with a superfabric called Enduratec, a technology that eliminates 99.9% of all odor-causing bacteria. No other athletic and performance apparel has what Iron Jock has, and I guarantee all of it. If for any reason, at any time, you're not satisfied, send it back. No questions asked. Join the Iron Jock Takeover. Shop at ironjoc.com. Man, they, they have like a system in place. I, I would say that that's awesome to hear because we've never gotten like that much detail about just the, you know, it, kind of like from a systems and processes perspective, as you know, somebody who's growing Ike as a business as well, as we're building all these things out. I mean, Paul, Chris and all the coaches and and like, you know, putting the players in that room at that time and having the assistants uh, that lead recruiters have those things ready. Like that's not by accident. And it's just like, wow, Wisconsin's always been a well-run program, but hearing those intricate details is really cool. I think our fans are really going to enjoy that. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, the biggest thing that kind of sold me was just, you know, the tradition here and, you know, coming in as a walk-on, um, sure you've heard it before you're not treated any different than anybody else um nobody like judges you for coming in as a walk-on everybody's viewed the same it's all about once you get in the building everybody's got a different way of getting there if you're a five-star guy if you're a zero-star guy like I was like once you're in there like it's all a family and it's all about you know who's who's going to work the hardest and who's going to who's going to put themselves out there and that's what people really learn to respect in a place like this. And it's just like, you know, like a family, you just said, now these, these transfer rules are getting a little more lenient and you see guys jump and ship a lot more, but you just don't see that as much as Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, it's really cool because I don't think that would happen if it was kind of like a hierarchy, you know, I think the, the true fairness of it, and like you can be as good as you are, as you want to be and as hard as you work and, and we'll have all the resources here to help you really. Um, it can kind of turn anyone into achieving their dreams, whether that's on the field or off the field. And do you have any advice to all those kids out there who may be on the fringe of recruiting circuits, but are actually like really talented and no doubt can play D one. Like let's say someone's considering maybe giving up football, going to a smaller school for, or maybe fear of not playing as much, because they might be a walk-on uh, versus kind of taking a shot like you did and giving themselves a chance, whether it be a Wisconsin or other program, do you have any advice for them? <clears throat> yeah, I would say, I would say just believe in yourself. Um, you know, if you really love football, if you love this game, if you wake up every day, go to bed every night, just, just thinking about football and, and love practicing, love hitting dudes, love the game, love watching film, love everything about it. And, and put yourself out there, challenge yourself. Don't, don't set any limits on, on what you can accomplish because um, 
I mean, I'm a, I'm a living example of, you know, I, I could have gone to a place where I probably would have been comfortable athletically. And I probably, I'm I'm not trying to like knock on Ivy league at all, but it's, it's, it's not the big 10. It's not, you know, it's, you know, going into the big 10 for me was like Sitchi said, it was a way to see how good you can really be. And it's, it's not only challenging me to become a great football player, but a great person and just having that work ethic of, you know, constantly just grinding and constantly trying to find an edge. Um, every single day, I, I remember I, I would treat it like a tryout, you know, being a walk on. Like I, I would I would see these scholarship dudes at the, at the same position as me and just being a walk on. I'm like, OK, I see what that guy's doing now. I got to take whatever he's doing and do an extra rep. I got I got to try and do it a little bit harder, a little bit faster. And if you come in with that mindset every day of, you know, it's a tryout and you got something to prove, then, then you're going to be all right. Wow. Mike, I mean, kind of right before we hopped on here, I mentioned how you're, you're, you've been a guy who's always just made an impact and I had a couple other questions about that, but you kind of just spoke to it right there. It really is like woven into your mindset and it honestly explains all these plays you make, you know, um, man, that's really cool. So Wisconsin, uh, they develop players as we kind of touched on all these walk-ons They're they're sending them to the league. Um, you know, they're developing their character. Uh, they're, they're helping them find jobs in football. If they don't go to the league, all those things, <clears throat> I want to ask, what was it like when you first got to Madison as a freshman, like when you kind of arrived in, in your embedded in the program and were there any upperclassmen who took you under their wing? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, when I first got here in the summer, um, it was, it was a little bit overwhelming at first, you know, you get thrown into a place like that where you get a lot of alpha male type dudes. Um, a lot of guys, you know, who are just physical beasts, super confident, super intense figures who are, are just you're just walking around the same locker room as them. And I'm just this scrawny, like <laughs> six foot two, 200 something pound kid, just all skin and bones, just walking around. And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely a little scary at first, but you kind of learn to settle in. You, 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 you get along with your teammates um, you start to become friends with a lot of the guys and uh, and it, it it's yeah like I said it's scary at first but once you get to know these guys and, and the culture I mean it's a pretty welcoming environment and you can definitely you know be yourself and, and people will learn to appreciate that so um, like I was saying before like Sitchi was definitely a guy that kind of took me under his wing um, learned a lot from him just about the approach of the game um, mindset of, you know, playing for a team like this. Um, TJ Edwards, Ryan Connolly, both same kind of deal. Older guys that I really looked up to that um, I was in the same uh, position as them. So they were able to really connect with me. Um, and uh, Vince Beagle is another guy who's, who's really um, friendly and, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy just cause 
you know, he's another almost like celebrity around here and, and you're able to just play a game of ping pong with him in the locker room or, or sit down at a training table and just have a conversation with him. And, and it's, it's just cool to see how like a lot of these guys can be, you know, such big stars on the field, but are, are still willing to, you know, sit down and, and just talk and connect with like young freshman walk-ons. So that's what I've been trying to kind of emulate being an older guy now is just um, helping the younger guys just not feel overwhelmed just being a person they can talk to and, and reach out to and just be, be welcoming for younger guys. Yeah. I think there's just so many parallels to what you just said with life in general, like whether it's, you know, starting a new job um, or even like when we first started kind of talking with a lot of athletes, um, it's intimidating. It might be scary at first, but you kind of get to know them and, and you guys are just like normal people. And if anything, you're funny, <laughs> you're easy to talk to. And, and it's just like that comfort level uh, develops over time. So I, I think that's really good advice for, um, you know, any incoming freshman or anyone trying something new in general. So I want to ask you this, you, you mentioned Ivy league to big 10, right? Well, you mentioned it's not the Big Ten, and you're 100% right. Uh, one of the biggest things that the Ivy League doesn't have is a Camp Randall-like stadium. So i got to ask, Mike, what, what do you remember most about your Camp Randall debut? Oh, man, just uh, just running out of the tunnel and just, just hearing the fans. Um, and I, I played for a pretty big high school. Uh, we had 4,000 students um, at Stevenson. And so, you know, I, I thought I was used to, like, seeing a lot of fans and, and getting a big turnout. And I played in the state championship and stuff. But, you know, that first time running out of Camp Randall. What do all Badger fans need? A great place to watch the game, of course. That's where our good friend Jeff Johns comes in. Jeff is one of the hardest working realtors serving Madison, Milwaukee, and everywhere in between. If you're looking to buy or sell your next home, condo, or investment property, Jeff is a great guy to talk to. He's also a great person to talk to if you're interested in learning more about real estate or getting into the industry yourself. So for a free, no obligation, review of your home, buyer consultation, or whatever you need from him, just give him a call. He's available at 262 442 2700 or jeff.johns at exprealty.com and you just see 80,000 people just going nuts I mean it's it's crazy and uh, um, yeah it's just a surreal experience just just hearing that noise being in the center of all of it and just seeing all these drunk Wisconsin people just going nuts (laughs) I mean I mean everybody remembers the first time you know they they run out on that field and and are able to actually play um my first season I I redshirted but um my first ever uh game like just running down on kickoff for the first time I I I never ran as hard or as fast as I possibly could and it ended up just being a touchback so I mean (laughs) You know, it's definitely builds up the nerves and um, it's pretty cool and special being able to play in front of the Wisconsin fans. Yeah. So 
And you've been there for a few years. So I want to ask, what's your favorite win you've ever been part of as a Badger? Yeah, that's, that's another good question. I, man, I, I'd have to say, uh, was that 2019? Um, getting the ax back when we, at Minnesota okay. in game. Um, that was, that game was electric. Absolutely. It's just hundred percent. Everybody was completely locked in on the mission. Um, that whole off season, um, having lost first Minnesota the year before, um, walking by that empty trophy case every day in the locker room, just, you know, it, it definitely gave you a sour taste in your mouth and a little extra motivation to, you know, work harder that day. And so, being able being able to go to Minnesota and and playing a game like that where it's cold and snowy and and enemy territory, yeah, enemy territory. There's a lot on the line. Their whole Big Ten West was on the line. Um, PJ Fleck was running up and down the sideline in his stupid little shoes, his <laughs> cute little whatever outfit that he likes to wear, and and just being able to shut those guys up and take the axe back. Seeing all the older guys, you know, chopped on the goalposts in Minnesota. That game was definitely um, one I'll never forget. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking when you said 2019, I was wondering if you're going to say the Michigan game, but the Axe game was awesome, and I imagine that had a lot of personal, just you know, personal uh, motivations on the line. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of great memories of games. Like you said, the Michigan game that's pretty special. Um, but you guys yeah, just smack something about here. getting that axe back is just such a great feeling. Just <clears throat> getting it back, bringing it to the locker room, bringing it home, and you know, just talking about it all off season. Uh, it's pretty cool. Bragging rights. Okay, okay. So, so here's something like a little bit of a different style question. But um, you've been in Madison for a while, so I want to ask. Who controls the music in the locker room? And have you guys had any go-to songs, um, you know, that you you play more than others? And also, like, how has the locker room music control torch been passed throughout the years? Yeah, yeah. So we we have a we have a little setup in the locker room. It's just like an iPad uh, in the middle, right in the middle there, and we got speakers that can blast pretty loud. And really, like. Usually the older guys will just um, kind of play music and just click something on YouTube and, and let it run. But um, I remember a song we'd play a lot was uh, Touched by an Angel by Charlie Wilson after a game. I don't know why it's something about uh, – I remember uh, two seasons ago, David Mormon would always throw that on after uh, we get a victory in a home game. And it was just, it was just awesome being able to – um, saying that with the guys. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not the most um, adept when it comes to playing music or DJ and stuff, so I kind of just let the other guys do it. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get crazy. Like, after games, we'll, we'll start blasting music and everyone will start dancing and um, running around. So it's, 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 it's a good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Let's see. Let's see. Can you take a moment to talk about the strong leadership in the linebacker room? Um, whether it's guys like, you know, you mentioned a few guys earlier, uh, but even guys like Zach Bond, Chris Orr, um, Jack Sanborn, and are there any emerging leaders you see? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, ever since I've been here, the message has been pretty straightforward when it comes to, you know, being a linebacker from Wisconsin. And that is that we're, we're, we're the core of the team, really. Like, when times get tough, everybody's looking to the linebackers for toughness. Everyone's looking for one of us to step up and, and be a leader. You know, you're the being an inside backer in particular, you're the you're the commanding voice of the defense. Everyone is is looking for you at you to take charge and just being the model of hard work and setting the standard for the rest of the team um, is is a culture here. And a lot of that is is because of Coach Bostad and the and approach he takes with us. Um, extremely old school, um, discipline, hard work mentality um no messing around uh, almost like a like a military type approach um and you know just just doing that every single day consistently um and as a linebacker it becomes your responsibility to um be the person that everyone can turn to to take charge so chris Orr is a perfect example of that um that same 2019 season, I mean, he was, a, without a doubt, the sole leader of our team. He was the one guy that everybody turned to, uh, to, you know, speak in front of the team, to get everybody motivated. And he did an extremely good job at that. Um, he gave some of the most incredible speeches that I've ever heard. Um, just his confidence and ability to just get up in front of anybody and, and, just bring up the best in people. Um, you know, that wasn't, uh, we wouldn't have been able to have the season we had without his leadership. That's, that's for sure. Um, man, he was, he was by far probably the best leader I've ever experienced personally. Um, yeah. And then, like you said, heard that, definitely <laughs> heard that kind of continues. Yeah. Uh, Sam, Jack Sanborn's been doing an awesome job of just, kind of stepping into that role. Um, definitely another guy that everybody respects in terms to is able to have the confidence to speak in front of everybody. Um, <clears throat> but we also starting to see a guy like Leo Chanel kind of come out of that shell. And, you know, after being a starter for a full year, he's earned that respect um, to, you know, be able to step in front of the team and, and, and speak and really um, inspire people. And that's all it is, really, is you just got to be able to, you know, get in front of guys, you know, say a concise message, say it confidently, and, and just be real, and just be authentic mm-hmm. about it. You know, that's something I try to do whenever I get in front of the guys is just, you know, speak from the heart. And um, guys will guys will appreciate that. You know, it's, you know, it's one thing you get someone who can get in front of the team and just blabber on about, about a bunch of nonsense and everyone just kind of rolling their eyes, whatever. But if you're really able to get up there and, and speak from your heart and be authentic and people, people respect whatever you have to say. That's one of the realest things I've heard, man. Yeah. And, and it's a hundred percent, you know, just applying it to my own life. It's something that, you know, whether people like you or dislike you, if you're real with them and you speak from the heart and, you know, they're going to respect you. Um, and as we transition, I want to ask who's one of the best 
Badgers offensive players you've ever gone up against. So this could be maybe a lineman. This could be maybe, you know, a skill position player, but kind of like on in the Badgers program, maybe it's just some guy you've had some insane battles with. Um, yeah. 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 So obviously, you know, JT is one of the greatest he comes up a lot. college football <laughs> of all time. I'm sure you hear all about him. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever told you the story about, you know, that first year he came in here when we had um, the scrimmage in fall camp and he basically just took over. Uh, I he, think, he's working yeah. with the, the twos at running back um, going into the season. And what we were doing, we would do one offense versus two defense, two offense versus one offense. So when it came time for two offense to go against the one defense, First play, they hand the ball to JT. He breaks like five tackles and, and runs for like 70 yards. And we're like, oh, man, like, you know, I was just lucky. Like, he just broke a couple tackles, like nice play, whatever. You know, a couple of drives later into the scrimmage, does the same exact thing, except uh, I was in on defense and he caught like a little bubble screen and I was yeah. running out to tackle him. And I go to, we were doing full tackle and I, and I go to tackle him and he literally just gives me a stiff arm sandwich right in my mouth and just <laughs> puts me into the dirt and like, just keeps on running and takes off. And we're like, oh man, like our defense is either really bad or oh, this guy's really freaking good. And it turned out being that he was, he was a beast. Uh, so that's definitely one person um, going against him. He's just on a different level, um, how hard he runs and just how good of a person he is. Um, but another guy I think I should bring up is Tyler Biotish. Mm, okay. Um, he's, uh, he's a guy I came in with my class. Um, and um, I don't really think people gave him the full credit that he deserves. Like this dude, I'm telling you, if he got his hands on you, you were screwed as a linebacker, like, like just running, trying to fit up a run play or something, trying to scrape over the top for how big he was, how well he was able to move and just climb you. And he had this like farmer's grip strength where like his hands are so big. If he can get his paws on you, then you're basically done. Like there's no getting off the block. Um, So that was another dude. I love, I love my guy, Tyler. I'm going to um, visit him. Um, next week, actually, in, in Dallas. Um, and then I, I'd say the last guy that comes to mind is Ryan Ramchek. He's mm-hmm. going against him on scout team my freshman year. I mean, there's not much you can do when this guy weighs 100 pounds more than you and is literally faster than you. So <laughs> going against him, I mean, that guy was an absolute animal, and he would just annihilate me in, on scout team. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Wasn't he on scout team for like a year, but everyone was like, yo, this guy's way too good. He, it was yeah, like because so he transferred he, uh, in, right? Yeah, he transferred from D3. Uh, I think he had to do scout team for a year just because transfer rules or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. And then my first year when I came in, I was on scout defense and he was a starting tackle. And I remember I'd be like, and and like lined up in the B gap and he'd be the tackle to my right and I'd be in the B gap on the right and it'd be a run play to the left and I'd try and run to the left and go 
get to the ball, but this dude would literally cut me off and like catch up to me while I'm trying to scrape over the top. I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do against this? Like this dude's an absolute beast. Um, so yeah, those, those three guys, there's plenty more I could talk about, but, um, I mean, yeah, those guys are all on a, on a different level. Yeah, you know, I just really enjoyed listening to you talk about that because we have heard the legends of that scrimmage, but it's cool hearing just multiple perspectives and like maybe each time you hear about it, like some new details come out and and I don't think a lot of the fans know that either. So that's uh, that's really cool because um, he kind of hit the ground running and never looked back in terms of JT and, you know, Beatus and uh, Ramchick, you know, they're both doing great things right now as well. So similar question. Um, what about the best offensive player you've gone up against um, not on the Badgers? Ooh, um, let's see. Not against the Badgers. Well, I mean, you got you got Justin Fields, um, yeah, playing against him. I mean, he, he got drafted to the to my Chicago Bears, which uh, we're pretty pretty excited about. I'm not happy Wendy about City. that. Being from Wisconsin, I'm really <laughs> yeah, not. <laughs> I think he's, he's going to be be a beast for us. But I mean, that dude is just he's just the ultimate competitor, and he's obviously got all the physical attributes. Um, he's got a cannon of an arm, um, and he could beat you in the air. He could beat you with his feet. Um, yeah, definitely a lot of respect for that guy. I think he's, he's an awesome player and, um, pretty, pretty cool to have to go against him and wasn't able to, you know, beat him. He got the best of us, uh, both times we played him, but, um, yeah, hopefully he does some good things for us in Chicago. Well, like you said, there's just that level of respect there. And, you know, we're not the biggest fans of Ohio State either, just given, you know, what what everything we stand for over here. Um, right. But, like, man, just watching him in that Clemson game get destroyed in the ribs and then go and, you know, throw for all those TDs. And then we actually talked about this in our Ike Packers podcast. I thought it was very surprising how, uh, you know, these other quarterbacks leapfrogged him. And um, yeah. frankly, you know, as someone who also follows the Packers and kind of covers the Packers at a pretty deep level, I'm not happy. He's in Chicago. You know, I, I, I you guys did trade up that for, trade that first round pick, but I don't think that's a good, I don't think that's good news for the pack, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That's going to be some, some must see TV. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely been tough being a Bears fan in the last couple of years. Um, but I think uh, I think we did a pretty good job with the draft this year, and I think so too. Hopefully, they, you know, they would have put some more points up on the board this year. Yeah, I mean, the defense isn't a problem. Yeah, defense isn't a problem. So, what what was it like playing for Jim Leonard? And can you share something unique he's taught you? Sure. Um, yeah, Jim Leonard, great guy. Uh, He's he's been here since the start for me. I think first year he was a DB's coach, and then um, that's when I had Coach Wilcox <clears throat> my first season. And then once Coach Wilcox went to Cal, uh, Jim Leonard took over as the D coordinator. And uh, since then, I mean the the culture of the defense has been pretty straightforward. Just football is a uh, he, he tries to make football 
as easy as possible for us where we can just cut it loose, run around and make plays. I mean, he's all about just making plays, you know, trusting the players to cut it loose. Um, and I, I really like that about him. He's definitely, you know, a, a player's coach where you can, you know, connect with the guys just having played football for the longest time himself. Um, ultimate respect for him. He's a mastermind on, on defense and is able to scheme up some really good game plans that we feel really confident in. And um, just like behind the scenes, I mean, he's just a good dude. You know, he's nothing, you know, flashy or or crazy or anything like that. I mean, he's always just been good about, you know, reaching out to players and, you know, talking with them and um, just, just an all around great guy. And um, really, really lucky to have him uh, coaching defense for him. I thought I was a little yeah. worried when he, your Packers were trying to get him, but um, <laughs> you know. I didn't even want him to leave Wisconsin. I was like, look, yeah. let's, let's get someone else. You know, let's <laughs> like, he, there's no doubt he'd be a good man for the job, but I was like, I would rather not have come at Wisconsin's expense. Um, he was walk on too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He, he was a walk on. Uh, he's all American for three years. And uh, obviously his NFL career. I mean, I think he played for like 10 years. Yep. Played next to like Ed Reed and, and Ray Lewis on the Ravens, and <laughs> no, that was my favorite little, defense growing up. Yeah, played with a lot of really really smart guys. So, um, just having a guy with that experience, where you know, not only as a coach, but just as a player, where he's able to really connect with you is, is something that's definitely unique about him. So you actually triggered a question when you spoke about how you were there with Wilcox and also Jim Leonard. Could you speak a little bit? Like, do you remember um, his like first speech to the team when he assumed that position of defensive coordinator? Um, you know, I, I I don't remember it exactly, but if if I had to guess, it'd be it'd be something pretty short and sweet you know he's always been a guy to just really get to the point and just like you know sit us down and say you know here's the deal here's what we're doing um just go out there and make plays he's like it's always just that kind of a speech and you, you you love that about him I mean it's just doesn't try to get cute with it or anything like that he just he just we're playing football man just go out there and make plays cut it loose we trust you got a good game plan we're gonna have some good stuff ready to go and that's it yeah um that's really interesting real quick you don't um could you talk about maybe like a subtle difference uh between justin wilcox who was also a great coordinator and jim leonard like maybe just like a subtle difference because they're both very talented coordinators yeah um you know it's been so long ago it's i guess I mean, they're definitely very, very similar in their approach. I mean, Coach Wilcox was another guy that played football in college. I think he played – I think he might have played at Oregon playing DB, but um, very, very similar-minded people where um, he was another guy who was just like super smart, masterminded defense, could scheme anything up, understands – every position, everything going on. And 
So now the guys just, you know, short and sweet, just get to the point. Here's the business. Was able to flip a switch and and be serious and get on somebody's uh, butt if he needed to. And um, yeah, I mean, I, they're 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 very similar um, type of like players, coaches. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I couldn't really even draw that much of a subtle difference. Like, cause you know, yeah. my first year I, I like red shirted. So I didn't really, um, even do that much stuff for defense. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I just, that kind of sparked my, um, interest. I've never actually asked that question before. Uh, real quick. What's it like playing with Nick Herbig in your own words? What makes him unique? Uh, Nick Herbig is a, he's awesome, man. I love Nick. He, he has a ton of fun out there. Um, He's always bringing juice, bringing energy. Uh, <clears throat> I remember just meet, meeting the guy um, when he first came in and early enrolled, and he's his locker is right next to mine, and, and I would just talk to him, and he'd be like, "Man, like my goal is my goal is to be the starter from day one." And I'm like, I'm "Like, Let's I didn't really know much about the guy. I was like, yeah, this dude's from Hawaii, like." He's a big recruit, whatever, but not a lot of people can, you know, be the starter from day one. But, you know, I could just see something in his eyes, something in his voice where, like, he truly, truly believed it. And um, I remember him saying that to me. I'm like, you know what, man? Like, you can you can do that. Like, if you work hard, if you get the playbook down, like, the world is yours. You, you can go and take that spot. And, and he did it. And he's a he's an ass he's just a dog on the field i mean those hawaiian dudes are crazy they they don't care about anything except just knocking skulls around and and making plays and um really excited to have Nick on the team he's he's a good friend of mine um he's very he's got a great personality and um he's he's just a good dude yeah i mean we see him after kind of getting to know him a little bit we see him just exemplifying all these leadership qualities, just like constant supporting of his teammates, constant encouragement, um, you know, going above and beyond and, and the little things. And uh, that's really cool. That's really encouraging because he's going to be around for a little while. Um, so here's another question. Who is a Badgers player that maybe we haven't talked about yet that might be considered under the radar that we should keep an eye on? Hmm. Where the radar? Let's see. Hmm. You talking defense or offense? Uh, I'm talking, you know, anyone. It could be anyone. And it, under the radar could be like subjective, right? Like yeah. maybe, maybe let's say under the radar to the, the outside world. Well, let's see here. CJ Gatz, I would say. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I would say CJ for sure. Um, CJ is not a lot of people give him credit for how athletic that dude is. I mean, he's been all over the place since um, he came here. I think he came in as an inside backer, went to D line, and now he's found a good home at outside backer. Um, and just the work he's put in to get his body where it's at right now. Um, 
that dude is, he can fly. He's got wheels. Um, he's strong. He's twitchy. He's, he's nasty. Um, I think, I think he's going to be a, he's going to be a special player for us this season. Yeah, that's really cool because that's a name I haven't heard yet. Um, very excited, very excited. We've heard a few guys, and um, I'm also excited about them. But that's that's exciting. Um, so, last question before we move on to the lightning round: If you were to describe Mike Mascalunas' personal brand, how would you describe it? Grit. Just grit, man. Just. Finding a way to win, finding a way to get the job done, no matter what the circumstances are, just because it's worth it. You know, I grit is probably the number one lesson I've I've learned just being a walk on at Wisconsin. Um, I tell people all the time, man, it's just coming into a place like this, you just you gotta have grit and um it's just finding a way to win, no matter what that. it takes. Man, I mean, like, this is the first time we've spoken, but, you know, just all observations from the outside. It's like you're one of these guys who it seemed like you kind of had that mentality just based upon the way you, you kind of would make plays on the field. And uh, that's really cool to just hear it, um, to hear you describe it in your own words. Great. We've, we've definitely heard that as it pertains to, you know, even life. You know, if someone's looking for a leader, if someone's looking for like a successful business person or, or something, just anyone who's looking to change the world. Um, it ain't always going to be easy, but you got to find a way. So that's really cool. Um, so now we're going to do the lightning round. And I'm going to ask you a bunch of quick hitter questions. And all I ask is that you keep the sentences, the answers to like one or two sentences max. Sound good? Okay. Cool. Okay. okay. <clears throat> so here we go. What's your go-to meal lately? Go-to meal? Oh, uh, lasagna. I love lasagna. Nice. Carb load. Nice. Who's a mu- musical artist you've been listening to a lot this year? Oh man, I, I'm I'm old school. I like uh, I like ACDC, man. I like I like rocking out. Do you have a favorite song? Because that was one of my favorite bands growing up. I I always wanted to get a Gibson SG. Man, I, I love Thunderstruck. That song gets me going. You play that in the weight room. Oh, that's a good one. I also I love Fifty Cent too, man. That guy. That guy's got some great, um, great music to just blast in the weight room while you're just getting after it. Well, and talk about grit, you know, like there's a lot of rappers out there nowadays who might, you know, come from a certain background, but not a lot of them have been shot nine times and came back from that. Like 50 yeah, days. That so. He's got a cool story. And I don't, I don't really like any of the new rap. Some of the stuff they're putting out these days is little. I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. It's, it's all over the place. Um, what, what about this first app you usually check in the morning? Oh, uh, Twitter probably. Okay. I, I, I gave up, I gave up social media for Lent. I deleted it all and I did, I did good, but I had to, I had to get my Twitter back. I, I don't have, I still don't have Instagram, but, um, Twitter is like, that's where I get my news and stuff. <laughs> You know, one of those phrases we always love to say is less is more. And uh, I think you probably apply that to all the social media. Yeah. Um, what about this? Apple Music or Spotify? Uh, I got I got Apple Music. Right. I, I've never really tried Spotify, so I can't really say if one's better. But Apple Music does a job for me. 
What's a good book you've read? Uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Heard that from a few badgers. Love that. What's your favorite movie of all time? One or two. If you can't find just one, maybe a couple. I I love all the Marvel movies. I love Avengers. Those guys are awesome. Um, I also like... uh, um, What's the dude's name? Leonardo DiCaprio and, uh, oh man, what's it? A oh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. That, there's a lot of yeah. good stuff with him too. Yeah, um, that, that that movie's funny. <laughs> it's it's a great movie. That you know what's hilarious is yeah maybe I'll maybe I'll just tell you after the uh, after the pod. But um, what's a favorite class you've ever taken? Favorite class. Uh, let's see, I'm I'm a real estate guy. I'm, I'm studying real estate took this uh i took this class called real estate capital markets this semester and i i think I, I learned more in that one class than i have and all my other classes combined i mean that teacher professor radio that guy's a beast he's a he's a wizard what's the next place you want to visit um well the next next place i'm going to visit is uh college station i'll, I'll be in there I uh, watched my girlfriend run at um, NCAA West uh, Outdoor Track Championship. So I think I, I'm going to Texas. I think that would be pretty cool. And then I'm, I'm visiting nice. uh, Tyler Biotis in, in Dallas at the same when I'm down there. And if start or pursue any charity, what would it be? To start or pursue any charity. Ooh. Um I would say, I would say just a charity for for football, man. Like, if I can somehow, you know, get some camps going or, or get something going where I can kind of give back to the game. I mean, game has given so much to me. I, that's something I'd like to give to. And we have to wrap up our show this way. How's the family, and how is Mike Mascalunas the person doing? Family's great, man. Family's doing awesome. Uh, my older brother just got a job out in New York that he started recently. My little brother is doing uh, internship in New York. Uh, parents are doing great, man. Um, everyone's healthy right now. Um, got to do a quick prayer request for my, my aunt um, who has brain cancer right now. Um, she's going through treatments, um, and it, it's, it's been a little, it's been a little tough, but, um, hope the best for her. And, and also my, my Nana, um, just, uh, had, uh, her, her skin checked out and, and had a little, uh, mole on her skin removed that they, they got to look into more. So praying, praying for her as well. Yeah. Well, we'll say something for her as well. Um, Wishing for the best, uh, but thanks for sharing that. It's good to hear for the most part. Things are going okay. Uh, that wraps things up for today. We want to thank Mike for coming on the show. Mike, any final thoughts? Yeah, thanks for having me. It was, it was a blast getting to talk with you. Um, glad to see your podcast going well, man. It's good. Always good to share some stories. Always um, love, you know, talking to 
the media and, and letting the fans know um, kind of behind the scenes stuff. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say last message. If there's anybody out there listening to us who's a you know high school recruit who's you know kind of questioning themselves a little bit, um, believe in yourself, man. You, you you can do it. You can you can walk on at Wisconsin. You can you can challenge yourself. Throw yourself into the fire, even if it's not football. If if there's something you want to do, just just go and do it, man. Don't have any regrets. Um, and just just throw yourself into the fire, and and good things can happen. Never know unless you try. We we love that. Um, so thanks for listening, Badgers fans. If you enjoyed this episode, want to help support the show, easiest ways to do that are simply tell a friend, tell a fan, subscribe, and leave us a five star review. Anything's go a long way and are really really appreciated. And if you're on Twitter, that's a great way to connect with us and other Badgers as well. Uh, you can find us at Ike underscore Badgers. We post analysis, highlights, scores, and more, and we keep it pure sports without the politics. And Mike, do you want to tell the fans so they can connect with you? Uh, yeah, you, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, any of that stuff. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a huge social media guy, but um, give me a follow there, Mikey Masco. Um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, we'll make sure to tag you when we release this stuff. And uh, lastly, if you're an athlete or business and want to talk branding, you can check out our new website at ikepodcastnetwork.com. You can send us an email or get in touch. That's ikepodcastnetwork.com. A lot of exciting things to come. My name is KJ said This has been another great episode of the Ike Badgers podcast with Mike Mascalunas, part of the Badgers and Friendries. And until next time, Badgers fans, we're out.